Hollywood 2.0, The Vigo Show. We are back. Another episode of Hollywood 2.0, The Vigo Show. In today's episode, we're talking about the next billion dollar industry. Billion with a B. We're talking about the rise of esports. If you guys are not familiar with esports, you're about to become very familiar with esports, and you better hop on this train because it is leaving. It. It's already left, it's the, left station. the station. Yeah, you yeah. can maybe start running and try to catch up. The man to my right, Eric Fishman, who is a feature producer for Blizzard Entertainment. They make a number of games, Overwatch being one of the main ones, and one of the main ones that Eric works on. And of course, Ben Gans, founder of Vigo Pictures at the end. And I'm your host, Michael Klaus. Hey. We're talking about this esports, and obviously, we're coming right off E3, which, Ben, you went to. How was E3 this year? Not true. You didn't go? <laughs> no. I thought you would send me a text that you went. No. Maybe we, we green screened else. it in. We do it. You green screened yeah, it yeah, in. Yeah. All right. Like what up, gone. E3? What up, Fortnite? Hollywood 2.0. The Vigo Show. So we're coming off of E3, which it was in Los Angeles, one of the biggest ones in the world as far as entertainment conferences for gamers and stuff. Uh, is that one of the? I know Eric, you were I'm too busy working. Correct. You one day yes. off. Yes. You know, but is that? I mean, what is dis- displayed at E3 for people? Is this the talking about the future? Um, I mean, from a from a general standpoint, that's when most of the game companies try and you know release new titles, drop what they're what they're doing. Uh, for Blizzard specifically, we kind of you know make our own. E3. We have BlizzCon that happens mm, yes. every uh, yep. October, November-ish, and that's kind of our like, hey, you know, like all the rest of you guys, you do your E3 thing. We're gonna drop all of our new titles at BlizzCon. So that's our our big uh, event. And uh, I went to I got the chance to work BlizzCon uh, this past year, and it's incredible. And it is incredible the uh, amount of loyalty and just. Uh, fandom around the Blizzard titles. It's a, it's really cool to see. Well, that even like encompasses just how big esports is now, where you don't just have the E three com, but individual companies are having their own conventions and being incredibly successful. Again, last year esports made over nine hundred million dollars, set to pass a billion dollars just in esports. And even in terms of how big gaming is, there's you know my uh, cousin works. Yeah. My cousin works at, for Red Storm, and I was talking with my uncle, and he said, whenever a video game launches, it's like $300 million for a weekend that it is for sales of a game, which is mind-blowing. And people think they compare that to a box office. Anyone would kill to have $300 million at the box office. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it also is kind of important to separate that metric from uh, the sales of a game versus what esports itself is bringing mm-hmm. in because there's um lots of different streams of revenue for esports in, in particular um <laughs> thank you Vigo. <laughs> um, yes yeah, so, yeah, well you know i I'm, <laughs> i know you're I like to use my hands you know what can you i say watch this one on youtube yeah that's right <laughs> um so uh, there's a lot of different streams of revenue for esports in particular, but I mean, especially with Overwatch League, you have uh, you have jersey sales, you have skin sales, you have all these other you know you have uh, Twitch ads. Um, you know, there's plenty, and uh, I mean the sponsors that we have for Overwatch League are are numerous. So the amount of revenue coming in just for you know esports alone, separate from the title of the game or you know loot box purchases in game or whatever, it's incredible. 
I mean, it's wild. Yeah. And it's the number of, you know, jobs that are involved in this and the number of careers now that are totally revolving around esports. Yeah, I know from a hosting standpoint, I have friends who are just esports hosts who are making hundreds of dollars a day. Esports is selling out the Staples Center for a big event. That's correct. The, the number of production jobs that are involved in that now, the number of people who are working concessions, that's where you see the impact of how big this is now. Where do you think, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, are we at a two on how big this thing do you think is going to get? I think, you know, I mean, you hate to put, put out bold predictions <laughs> and, you know, and say like, you know, this is the next big thing. And, you know, yeah. and you don't want it to. And, and of course, you know, you don't want any industry in which you work to be, you know, a flash in the pan. But it's I think that a lot of the gaming companies have done a good job of of curating this thing in its infancy. I mean, I mean, you know, call it infancy. Mm -hmm. Esports as, as we know it now, I, I would say crossing that billion dollar threshold. Mm -hmm. All right, now it's like, okay, this is legitimate. And of course you have the, um, you know, the, um, the, the sort of novelty of it when you have our stars last year when the Overwatch League first started and they would go on the Today Show and they would go on Good Morning America and it's like, these kids, <laughs> they get paid to play <laughs> video games. And, you know, all the moms across are like, what? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy, <laughs> you know? And so, like, yes, we are just starting to sort of break into the mainstream. Like, yes, this is what your kids are watching on Twitch, what they're watching on Disney XD, what they're mm -hmm. watching on YouTube. They are watching their favorite content creators, mm -hmm. their favorite, uh, you know, esports stars or just streamers playing video games. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, and that is shocking to, you know, the older generation. I call the cutoff 30 years old. Okay. Because when I started, when I started this job, and I started this job after the age of 30, um, and I would talk to people and I would say, you know, hey, I work for this thing called Overwatch League. And if you were over the age of 30, it was, I, I don't understand that. So the, what? These kids get paid to play video games? If you want to watch that, I don't get it. And then I talk to anybody under the age of 30, and they'd be like, oh yeah, Overwatch League. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know that, and I love that. And of course, that key demographic is, you know, just, Spending it, money. It's, it's great to to a, a potential advertiser, that 18 to 24 demographic, mm -hmm. like they they love that. And we're going to well, be talking. We'll back it up, though, because we have a lot of 30-year-olds listening to this show. Yeah. And older. <laughs> what is it? What are, what are you even talking about? What's Overwatch League? What is your show? Um, Overwatch itself, the game, is a uh, action-based shooter. Uh First-person shooter, you could technically call it, but uh, we call it an action-based shooter game uh, that's played on a team of six versus a team of six. And um, Overwatch uh, itself has a lot... I mean, what Blizzard titles are really known for is the lore behind all of the games. So there's 31, 30 different heroes... I, I lost track. I think there's 30 different heroes. I think there's 31, um, but that you can that you can pick from, and all of them have an intricate backstory. They have, you know, and they have comics and uh, videos and all these things that uh, you know that that give depth to these characters. But when you're actually playing Overwatch, it's a team-based game. You're you are on a team of six playing against a team of six. And there's a uh, objective of each map that you're playing on. You either push a payload through a map or it's a control map, which is like a king of the hill style mm -hmm. where you have to control the center of the map and, you know, push everybody off, mm -hmm. uh, whatever. But um, but it's inherently designed, I think, for esports because it's a team game. You cannot... 
I mean, I mean, obviously we have really good stars on each team and you know like oh my gosh that guy carried this guy great but you i mean as good of a star as as you can be at the game it really is a team based game you need to rely on your teammates for healing for damage for you know uh, uh blocking blocking damage all sorts of things so yeah you really have to interact with your teammates now are it, these teammates together or are these people playing in separate locations or both so uh, so at the Overwatch League um, we had it's played in one place right now at the Blizzard Arena, which is the old NBC Studios in Burbank. Um, now called the Burbank Studios. Film a bunch of other stuff. The iHeart Radio Theaters next door. Um, but uh, our teams, even though they're all based, or uh, let me let me back up a little bit. The Overwatch League started last year, and in in esports traditionally. Uh, or you know, traditionally, as long mm -hmm. as esports have been around, um, there have been, you know, you would call yourself Team Envy, Team Liquid, or whatever, like your group that you got together. And yes, of course, there'd be investors or whatever, but um, that you know, you'd call yourself like one team. Well, what the Overwatch League did was let's copy the sports model that has been that has worked for decades, where. This team is now from this geographic location. This team okay. is the London Spitfire. This is the uh, New York Excelsior. These are the Houston Outlaws. These are the Dallas Fuel. But we call these are actual names. These are the oh, actual okay. names of yeah, the teams. Um, we have twenty different teams in the league uh, this year. We started out with twelve last year. Eight expansion teams. I mean, the league was successful in its first year, mm -hmm. and eight investment groups bought new teams in uh, the 2019 season. Um, and we call ourselves a truly global league because um, we have a team in Shanghai, China. We have a team in Guangzhou. We have a team in Hangzhou. We have a team in Seoul, South Korea, London, New York, Vancouver, uh, wow. Toronto. So we really are, a, you know, as far as uh, as it goes, a truly global league. And now let's get to why you're on Hollywood 2.0. Yes. You produce a TV show about this league it is no different people don't realize like when you watch an nfl game it is a tv show it mm -hmm. is more produced than any reality show you see you have all your background stories you even even the take the director taking uh, reaction shots of the coaches and all that that model has been trying to is it's performing the absolute best on tv right now it's a bread and butter for advertisers you're taking that and your team to esports right now and you've watched it grow from i don't know what platform to national broadcast tv correct uh, that is correct. So um, our our show is a pre-show and a post-show called Watchpoint, and I help produce the feature content for that show. So when we you know go to the tape, uh, that's the stuff that I help produce. Um, but and I like to tell people this that you know I mean from the production standpoint of Watchpoint, and then when you get into the broadcast of the game, our uh, workflow or production workflow is no different than. ESPN, College Game Day, like we are using the same software. You got the same guys in the back. You got the same, and these are guys who came from the NFL too to absolutely mm -hmm. to, to, yep. to do this stuff. The same analysts you came who came from Idol on it. Yeah, What's which that? is Idol is pretty much like directing sports. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yes. It's a competition. Um, when you're in um, in our control room in the back, 
Um, the only different thing that we have is, so I mean, we've got our, you know, our control room, you've got your technical director, you've got your director, um, you've got your, you know, story producers on the front line, and then, you know, all the, all the guys in the back, but, um, and then we have uh, EVS replay, which if you are watching a football game, you have those guys in the back who have all the different camera angles, and they queue up, you know, uh, they queue up. Tom Brady, you know, just mm -hmm. threw that pass. Let's see it from four different angles. We have that with, oh my gosh, this guy just made an incredible play in game. Let's see that from four different angles. The only other thing that we have that other traditional sports don't are our observers. And our observers are in-game cameramen, okay? And we have a team of observers that, like, when you're watching the, the game, they are essentially, you know, free-floating cameramen that are trying to get cover the action from all the best angles. And so you can cover it from first person. You could see like, okay, I see what this guy's seeing on his screen and we'll cut to that view. But a lot of time what we want to do is cut to either a third person angle where you can see behind that character in the game or most likely a free cam view that covers okay, all of so the action. Okay, so I was going to say, so this is in the game, you're you're covering the digital characters, Correct. not the actual people. Correct. Okay, okay. Correct. Just so from a, is that special coding or it actually from my understanding I'm I'm certainly not uh, well qualified to speak on that aspect of it but from what I've heard the game client that you download at you know if you want to play Overwatch right now and go download it on your PC that's the same thing that we use wow. on, on stage yeah interesting I want to talk about the you talked about the legitimization of yep. this because again you have people who are over 30 who are hearing this and being like oh what is this kids playing video games like no this is not going to be a thing and then you had the people under 30 are like uh, it's a billion dollar industry exactly. yeah how much has Blizzard and the other you know major gaming companies worked to legitimize this? Work to put this and saying no, this is very credible. This is something that is. And do a, they a even have answer. to? To be honest, the well, kids are going to do it. Well, let me tell you from my standpoint where where I think the legitimization comes in. I mean, you know, obviously we have tons and tons of people working you know to create this product and mm -hmm. make it really viable and make it something that people want to watch. From my standpoint, my job is to to make to, to humanize these esports stars mm -hmm. and give people a reason why are we watching? Why do we care? Why do we care? And you know, I mean, so uh, Ben and I worked on American Idol together, and we both come from the reality world. And uh, that a guy that we used to work with uh, brought me over onto this team, and you know, it was because of my experience in reality and storytelling where, uh, you know, I mean, some people want to turn on a basketball game and they just want to see the basketball mm -hmm. and that's great. And that's totally cool. But there are some people who are like, you know, I want to know why this guy's playing, you know, tell me about his family. Tell me about where he comes from. You know, when you watch those pieces on ESPN and you see the feature pieces, it's like, that's really cool. I didn't know that Kevin Durant, you know, came from, uh, you know, Baltimore from Baltimore. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, like, you know, I didn't know his, this guy's backstory. That's really cool. That's why I want to watch this. And I think that you're finding nowadays that the the audience, especially with esports, they crave that content mm -hmm. because they want to get to know these guys and that's kind of and it is kind of unique i think that that's the cutoff is the you know let's call it for lack of a better term the boomer generation or whatever the over 30 um i know that's like yeah. vastly <laughs> 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 we're, we're grouping a lot of people into into different yeah. different groups here but like 
I think you have that group that's like, I came from the generation of, I just want to see these guys play basketball. I don't care. And you have the younger generation who's like, that's my favorite esports star, and I follow him on Instagram, and I know about his life, and I want to know about these in-depth things. So from my point of view, it's my job to sort of humanize these guys and say, why are we watching them play video And Ben is absolutely yeah. right in saying the numbers add legitimately too. Yeah. You, you, you sell a certain amount, guess what? You are legitimate, and the people who don't want to acknowledge that, you, you're living in the past. I mean, it's, it's no different than NFL. I'll make a prediction it's going to surpass the NFL, I guarantee you. Ooh. It's the exact same. Ooh, bold. bold. It's that's the, bold. How many years? What are you making that prediction? 12. 12 years? Yep. Well, let me tell you for, from, from this standpoint is that coming for, as someone who – I, you know, I played video games growing up, mm -hmm. but the esports world was completely new to me when I joined. I joined in uh, November of 2017, uh, working for Blizzard, and um, I had no clue. I honestly didn't know, but I, you know, but the reason I was brought on was for storytelling, mm -hmm. um, which is universal no matter where you go. Um, I had the opportunity, so I worked as a story producer in the broadcast of the show. So rather, I didn't. So Watchpoint had a different format last year. It was only a once a week show, um, or there was like a uh, a wrap up show, uh, you know, wrapping up all of the 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 action that had happened the week before, and then it was a preview show. Here's what's going to happen this week. So it was like a twice a week show. Uh, so I didn't work on that at all last week or last year. I worked in the broadcast, and I was the story producer, and I worked with our on air talent to track all the storylines. Like here's what this team needs to clinch, uh, you know, to get into the playoffs. Yada yada yada. Mm -hmm. um, Give an analogy. Everything you say just translates to football because people don't <laughs> even realize how much producer there is in football mm -hmm. that's correct so let's let's start there and it'd be like so i don't know you backstory on a, a coach or something right exactly the same absolutely well so like in the role that i had last year um you know if you think that all the guys on college game day get together and they're just like you know, uh, here, I've got a thing that we'll talk about. Let's just go, you know, like, you know, I th and I think people do actually do. assume that. Yep. I think they, they assume that you just watch ESPN and it's like, oh, here's what these guys, you know, just want to talk about off the top of their head. Exactly. They don't understand that there's a rundown, that there's a script, and these are storylines that producers help write out. And, you know, and they're in their, you know, you, you know, hey, mm -hmm. everybody, you know that thing in their ear? That's their producer saying, all right, move on to the next topic. All right, now mm -hmm. we're going to cover this. Now we're going to cover that. You got a coordinating producer, you got a story producer. You have, you know, so many people in the truck mm -hmm. queuing these guys up. It's mm -hmm. not just what comes to the top of their head. Exactly. So no different in esports. That's exactly what we were. You know, yeah. that's what we do. And I mean, yeah, sports are a drama. They uh, absolutely they are Build a drama. Attention. Yeah. Creating moments. I mean, that's why you want to watch. You want to watch the underdogs defeat. You know, I mean, just uh, this past week, we had the worst team in the league beat the best team in the league handed them their first uh regular season loss well they weren't the worst team in the league but they were really bad yeah. um and and that's just the way that a storyline shift and b the you know the the narratives of these of these games shift how long are there how long are you talking about regular season and playoffs and obviously that relates to any sport but how long like how many matches how many games and what's the playoffs so each team this uh, season has 28 regular season games. There's 20 teams. They each uh, they they play 28 times every we, couple days. 
um, our match days are from Thursday through Sunday. Okay. Um, and there would typically be four matches in a day. Okay. Um, but our season is split up into four different stages. So our ultimate prize pool at the end uh, for the team, um, which I believe is one million dollars for for the team for the the winning team, um, but. Because we're split up into four different stages, there's a $250,000 prize pool that's split up into four stages. So basically, just to, and it's something that's really cool and I think, um, you know, could be applied to traditional sports is because, you know, the NBA season, I mean, I'm an NBA fan, mm-hmm. and like the NBA season is just long, you know? <laughs> I mean, it really is. Like, I love, you know, San Antonio Spurs fan, die hard. Yep. And I mean, I, you know, but I think the one of the main complaints of the NBA is a that the the NBA season is very long, and it's like, well, what does a regular season game matter? Like, why does it matter yep. this much? In our league, every win matters because if you're not playing for ultimate playoffs, which ultimately you're trying to qualify for the top playoffs, at least within each stage, within the seven games that you play in each stage. Uh, there's a prize pool that you can win at the end of each stage, so it keeps the it keeps it interesting, it keeps it dramatic, and I mean personally, I like the way that that's set up. You had mentioned about you know investors coming in and it growing from twelve to twenty, and obviously yep. we're talking about the winnings that you get in that quarter amount, the quarter amount of the season. How have investors looked at this and said, "Wow, this is where I can come own a team," or how hard is that to be able to become an investor, own a team? Um, there is, uh, the rumored franchise fee, uh, which I, uh, you know, wish I could tell you, but I, I, <laughs> I don't know what it actually, actually is, ballpark? but the ballpark, uh, uh, ballpark estimate for what the franchise fee was from last season coming into this season was 20 to $30 million. Wow. Yeah. And so these are investors that, uh, you know, and, and from not just esports investors, but, but traditional sports mm-hmm. investors. Yep. So in our uh, in our uh, inaugural season last year, uh, the Kraft Sports Group that runs the Patriots. Yeah, Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft. Robert, <laughs> Mr. Bob Kraft um, uh, owns the Boston Uprising team. Um, Stan Kroenke owns one of the Los Angeles teams um, that also owns the Rams. Um, Shaq, I believe, is an investor in the San Francisco team. Um uh-huh. All these different ownership groups uh, from all over. Um, the Philadelphia team is owned by Comcast Sports Group. So big mm. international yep. conglomerate getting in on the action and here. Are, are they hiring players? Are they? How does the work of being able paying players, salaries, amounts? There's a league-mandated minimum salary of? of uh, I believe the minimum is 50000 Okay. Um League mandated minimum salary must provide housing, insurance, you know, all this. Um, so if you are an 18 year old kid, that ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and, and, and a lot of these kids, too, basically with parental permission, they've signed contracts at 17. And the day they turn 18, that's when they're eligible to play in the Overwatch League. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is something that these that these you would not think would be a sustainable 
career for you know for someone playing just playing video games but they just they grind and grind and grind and they sign these contracts and about fifty thousand dollars is actually because we're constantly comparing to actual sports fifty thousand dollars is about what a triple a baseball player makes sure so it's very comparable right uh and is that year round um, I'm not sure of the specifics on it. And again, that's the minimum. The rumored, you know, contracts yeah. are much higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but also, I mean, the other part of it too, is that these guys, these, these guys get put up in like a lot of them have, I mean, because we're playing in the Burbank, uh, studios in the Blizzard Arena, um, they all have like team houses and they all live together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all eat together and then they all wow. uh, practice together. They have like a team room usually in there that's hooked up, you know, just computers lining the mm-hmm. wall and they uh, they practice and they scrim every day. So you guys, you guys shoot once a week. You have a show once a week, right? A game, a match. So uh, no, four times a week. Four times a week. Yep. Thursday, Thursday Friday, Friday Saturday, 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 Sunday. Okay. Yep. Take me through your week. And and some of the other positions weeks. Uh, sure. So on Wednesday is uh, one of our big story meetings, and we basically kind of say, okay, you know, here was the. A- I mean, if we're mid stage or mid season, we say, all right, here was the action from last week. Um, you know, this is what this team needs to do. This is what that team needs to do. Uh, from my standpoint, I'm looking at. Um, you know, which teams are on the verge of, you know, making playoffs or who are big standout stars is always what I'm looking for is, um, you know, who can we who can we cover that, um, you know, is making a big impact on their mm-hmm. team. And so I'll say, all right, let's take this guy for an interview. Let's take that guy for an interview as well. Are um, you looking at on the field or off the field for that? Field? Um, most of our most of what I produce is a field shoot Mm -hmm. so we're outside of the arena we're you know taking them some either somewhere else Uh, you know i mean we try to keep the content fun it's either taking them to do something Mm -hmm. fun that they don't normally get to do a lot of these guys uh you know quick side note a lot of these guys i'll ask them you know like hey what do you like to do let's go do one of your favorite things they're like well i like to play video games (laughs) (laughs) shocking (laughs) i did that 10 hours a day i don't have time for anything yeah exactly like 19 hours a day yeah (laughs) i mean honestly these guys grind I mean, and that's another thing, too, is that, you know, I mean, when we talk about, I mean, just another quick side note tangent, but like when we talk about how, you know, the views of it and it's like, oh, these kids play video games like, oh, must be, you know, must be a hard life. (laughs) Just I mean, I, I don't care what the task is. These guys absolutely grind at it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're throwing a football around, if you're playing video games or, you know, you're podcasting or whatever if you're doing something 12 hours a day and you're devoting your life to it like good on you man like and there's stress that comes with tens of thousands of dollars on the line yeah and there's but it's also and there's mental fatigue too like these guys they you know they grind they do you know they 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 practice with their team they scrim with other teams they play on stage and you know and i think the league have we've done a really good job of of uh you know creating that that uh, like giving them mental bur- like we have in between the stages they have mm-hmm. a week off so they can like you know have some downtime and uh, and yeah. come back refreshed so hit me with the business side what do your numbers look like how many how many viewers are tuning in do you have sponsors what's the budget for the show uh, our viewership um to be honest i'm not up to date on the viewership i know our viewership is doing well on twitch Which platforms we broadcast on Twitch primarily, but our games are streamed to the ESPN app 
And ESPN has been a great broadcast partner for us um, last season and this season uh, because all of our games go to ESPN Plus or whatever it is. And then on uh, – Which week- I'm sure they pay for. Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. And then on weekends, um, we broadcast to Disney XD on traditional broadcast cable. And then wow. uh, when we get to our stage playoffs and then our, ra- our, our finals, our season playoffs, we're on uh, ESPN and we're on ABC. So are you partner with Disney or, or do they just have exclusive rights right now? Those are all Disney channels. Um, we're partnered with Disney. I think Is there our, any ownership or anything? I don't know. I don't believe so. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but our primary broadcast partner is Twitch, which I um, which I know that we had like a two year deal with them. Gotcha. So yeah. th- so there are there any sort of exclusive category for Twitch? I, I don't know. Uh, fair. Well, that's, yeah, that, that is a, a bigger discussion that I wanted to have of how the relationship works between like Activision Blizzard when they're releasing a game to working with Twitch, to working with an arena if there's a big event, to working with maybe the top players on Twitch to try to promote that. How does that relationship function of, say there's a new update on Overwatch or there's a new game, how do you get that out there to be growing in esports? Um, Well, what's interesting about Overwatch 2, and especially, I mean, kind of esports in general, but I mean, um, what you know, what I've been privy to is that Overwatch is a living, breathing game, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I mean, like, I mean, we can talk about you know that ba- like take basketball, like sure, like the three point line was introduced at you know at some point, um, and different you know different rules changed during the season, whatever. So it's kind of wow, shifts, I never thought about shifts that. how hmm. yeah oh uh, yeah. So there's something in esports called the meta. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And the meta is the way that the game is played. And basically at a pro level that, you know, and obviously the guys in Overwatch League um, are the best at playing the game. Mm-hmm. They figure out what the meta of the game is. Um, yeah, dude. Can you hear that? I can't hear it, but I mean, I can hear it. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, they figure out what the meta of the game is. And the meta is, for you know, for all intents and purposes, is the best way to play the game. And so I mentioned that there's 30 different heroes in the game. There's, you can combine those in however many, you know, 30 times whatever combinations there are. Um, and that's the best way to play the game. So right now, we're in a meta called GOATS. Okay? This is, this is good. I'm going to get into the weeds here for a little bit. Um, <laughs> So GOATS was a, and also with the Overwatch League, there is like a minor league, it's called Contenders. And so there was a Contenders team called GOATS and they figured out this this way to play the game where you have three, what are called tanks and three supports. Supports heal, tanks can take a lot of damage, don't deal a lot of damage, but basically they figured out that this is the best way to play the game, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that's been the meta that we're in right now but when they release new heroes and they and so that so that's when i say it's a living breathing game they'll be playing the game and then it's like hey overwatch just came up with a new character for this game a new hero um they introduce it that completely changes the way that the game is played so last Mm -hmm. year you know so last year there was a new character named brigitte and brigitte was uh, it's spelled bridget but we could say brigitte uh brigitte was was introduced in the last stage of last year and it completely changed the way the game was played 
because there's a character named Tracer, and Tracer is able to move quickly, but Brigitte can stun her, and you know, so we take it from there. So are you <laughs> okay. working, Are you working with the top players to try to promote those updates or try to promote the game? We do it from kind of a league-wide standpoint where it's just kind of an uh, announced. And then also our, there's a, uh, the game developer, yeah. um, or the lead game director, whose name is Jeff Kaplan. And basically, he'll get on YouTube and release a video. And, that's, uh, and, and there's also kind of a cult uh, you know, around Jeff. Like, everybody yeah. loves Jeff, and, he, and, you know, and everybody loves the characters that, yep. that he and his team have come up with. Um, and um, but he'll get on YouTube and re- say, hey, here's a new character or at BlizzCon will release a new character and a new update to the game. No, I so, see where yeah. you're going with this. Yeah. You know, uh, in the NFL, when someone buys a football, the NFL doesn't make money off of it. Right. This is a product. You're promoting a product. This is branded mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. Ah. You know, for for all intents and purposes, we try to keep, you know, uh, the league the league is one thing and then the game development another thing but um you know but the end of the, at the end of the day i mean personally w- when i watch overwatch league and i have a copy of overwatch i want to go play overwatch it's great so absolutely <laughs> no i mean it's very smart uh for say are, are there new game obviously overwatch you know it's been around for a long time people know a lot of the big games when new games come out are new games trying to get into this esports world of having people play these at tournaments is that a hard is that a hard thing to do of to be able to put out a brand new game and try to get it into esports i think so like you and i were sort of discussing right before we we came live here is that take a game like apex legends and apex legends came out and it kind of blew everybody away with its popularity it and it was also a game that ea i mean I, there are plenty of more people qualified to talk on mm-hmm. this i you know i'm sort of a casual observer um but it was a game studio that ea kind of said okay you guys can work on this game and then they just kind of released it and mm-hmm. it immediately had this huge popularity mm-hmm. to it um but it, it as we've now seen apex legends was very much a flash, a flash in the, the pan. pan and it was you know, it's like, hey, is there going to be an esport around this? Like, okay, and I mean, you know, obviously we know right now that battle royale style games are very hot. You have Fortnite, mm-hmm. you have PUBG, and everything. And you know, and like we were talking about, like Epic, I think is is kind of testing the waters on uh, whether Fortnite esport, you know, what Fortnite esports is going to be. Also, um, the commissioner of our league just left to go work for epic games in Fortnite. Mm. so i mean you know we can obviously take that as as a very good thing because they saw epic you were clearly, doing something right yeah clearly saw that you know uh his name is nate nanzer he was doing a really good job for the overwatch league and said hey come come do do our thing oh man so is yep. it, it it's difficult to try to be able to get a game from wow this is a good game that people are playing to that next level of there's an esport around this game Th- that yes that, I mean, I would say, you know, you're dropping the game itself, you know, the the fans kind of have to be the judge of that. Mm-hmm. The the audience really does have to be the judge of that. I mean, for it my, can work both ways, though. If no one knows about it, you create esports like people are going to check it out. Yeah, but I think I think you have an audience that actually is pretty like like keen to the to these sort of things like they're not just going to buy 
whatever is put out there. Mm -hmm. You know, you really do have like it has to be a fun, enjoyable game. And, you know, I mean, that's why I think a lot of game companies are saying, listen, we're going to support these titles the best we can in terms of overall in terms of esports. But, I, I, you know. I don't know if they're putting all their eggs in one basket. I mean, like you know, with the Apex Legends. Are, are they working with you know, YouTube or Twitch or Panda t- TV to be able to use that leverage of getting people to play it? Um, I mean, certainly we – I mean, you know, Twitch certainly, and that mm-hmm. seem, definitely seems to be the go-to broadcast partner Massive. of, you know, of anyone that, that – or content creators mm-hmm. uh, in the video game world. Um yeah, I would say that we rely heavily on those on those content creators to to uh, you know there are big stars in the Overwatch scene that don't play in the league, mm-hmm. which uh, you know which is obviously good for Overwatch itself, which is good for Blizzard. Um, we've incorporated some of those streamers into the league. I mean, they they were signed with teams, mm-hmm. but um, so there was one uh, is a big streamer right now, XQC. Um, and he played for the Dallas Fuel last year, and he played for a stage, um, but he ultimately decided uh, not to play. And I, you know, I'm certainly can't speculate on his reasonings for not being with the team. But if I had to venture a guess, I think it, he probably is just as successful streaming and playing Overwatch um, as as he would. Yes. Uh, playing for a team. Another one that we have is uh, a guy that played for the Atlanta Reign earlier this year, a guy named DeFran. DeFran is a big uh, fan favorite. People love mm-hmm. DeFran. Uh, he played on Atlanta and ultimately uh, ended up quitting and going back to streaming. He's still a partner with the Atlanta team, so he's kind of a, like a branded streamer with Atlanta, uh, which is cool, which is what these teams are starting so to do. Two things. A, are they exclusive if you sign with a team that they're like, you can't play on the outside and also make additional money? Um, I know that, that players still have streams okay. and that they'll still, you know, w- when they're at home or on their off time, mm-hmm. they can still, they can still okay. stream. I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure if that's monetized. Um, cause I that's think, an, yeah. that, cause that's a big interesting thing yeah. of if you're on a team, professional sport, if you're on yeah. this professional sports team, are they saying you can only play and make money through us? Cause that would, I, it would be very interesting financially versus, yeah. okay, you're with us for four hours a day. That still gives you X amount of hours if you want to be able to do that. Right. Uh, and then the other question I had was, are these gamers just good at one game or are they multi game skilled? I think for the most part, uh, they, I mean, they really just do focus on one game mm-hmm. Um, they try to, I mean, you know, I mean, if you're wanting to be really good at one thing, like, you know, you're going to grind on that game. I mean, I, I certainly see them playing other games, but that's mostly for them to relax. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Hearthstone is another Blizzard title, which is kind of similar to Magic the Gathering. It's, yep. it's a, a digital based, like sort of card, uh, card game. Mm-hmm. And, um, and those guys just play Hearthstone just to relax because it's a lot uh, slower paced. So as a first person shooter, as an action based shooter, um, it, you know, it's all about reflexes. Mm-hmm. It's all about timing. And it is, you know, it's def- you have to be uh, mentally quick to play Overwatch or to, you know, to be a pro at Overwatch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think on their downtime, they just <laughs> just want to. Yeah, well, I want to go back exact, to production, though. Yeah. I want to go back to production. Yeah. Are these esports productions, they're completely done in house, right? 
Um, I mean, ours is, yes. Yours is. Yeah. Which is interesting, right? Yeah. Because that creates a whole new vertical for Blizzard. Blizzard was just creating video games, right? And now they're in the content industry as well? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So they had to build that team from scratch. How does it work? What's a hierarchy? Give me the rundown. Um, I mean, you know, you have a, a lot of people who did come over from traditional sports, from NFL. I will tell you a when? lot of people. When did this all happen? Um, last year. Uh, when That's the, big. Yeah. That's when the league, really when the league wow. was in its infancy, when we were starting our preseason uh, and everything, you had, um, you know, from a production standpoint, a lot of people who, uh, who came over um, from traditional sports, um, from traditional television and reality, um, to to uh, line out that control room. You have your viz operators who you know put up the the stats at the bottom of the mm -hmm. screen. You have statisticians that worked at the NFL and now work in in uh, esports and Overwatch, uh, which is really cool because there's a lot more data that can come through because it's all digitized because it's on a mm -hmm. computer you can see like here's how much damage this hero did to this damage you know here's how much yeah. healing this part. so you can actually you know put those that data on a point so the statisticians have a really cool job because they have a lot of data to play with but yeah but for all intents and purposes blizzard did build out a full production team from right. scratch which is smart i mean yep. that is not the model of sports it's done by networks correct yeah production you know yeah. tv networks exactly now this is done by video game companies so so who's in charge of your show do you have an executive producer a team we have i mean you know while you're mixing sort of a corporate structure um you know with a traditional like television structure like yes there are uh, folks who are in the role as like executive producer of the show who see who oversee uh, you know a lot of of how the broadcast goes uh you have senior producers um you know, ultimately, you have a lot of product managers on the sort of you know yes. relative corporate side yes. who you know perhaps don't come from traditional television, mm -hmm. but um, but it is you know at the end of the day it is a product. You know, mm -hmm. the Overwatch League itself is a product that we're selling to advertisers, that we're selling to viewers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you do need that kind of corporate oversight to, to, to oversee the product. I think it's genius. I think this is a winning mm -hmm. model and it's kind of going under the radar right now. It all of a sudden's gonna hit, everyone's gonna like, wow, I should have seen that coming. Well, I, I, yeah. I think so too. Unless we're there, we yeah. might be there. No, uh, how long is BlizzCon? BlizzCon lasts for, um, I mean, it's a one big weekend, but it kind of there's a yeah. Are there other you know tournaments as we talk about as been pointed out of like handling everything in house? Where you obviously had the game and now you created the league, which is like the NFL. Now you're creating the Blizz Con BlizzCon, the Blizz Convention, Blizzard Convention. Are there other events now that you're trying to also do, also be able to have under this umbrella? Um, one big event that happened before the overwatch league started was called the overwatch world cup which was really cool mm -hmm. um and that was something i got to be a part of uh last year um the overwatch world cup uh, i mean basically you had let me let me just go back a little bit so overwatch was released in about or the beta was released in about 2016 and blizzard had never done a first person shooter before and people were very excited about it and just the way as i mentioned before like it was set up like overwatch is inherently just built for esports because it's a team-based game because it's two teams playing against each other it's just you know it is a it's built for that type of action mm -hmm. um overwatch world cup 
was developed where they said, hey, why don't we take the best players from every different country that's starting to play Overwatch from around the world and let's have a World Cup style tournament and they do it much like the FIFA World Cup where it's in like group stages and these players play round robin blah 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 blah, and okay these two teams elevate so last year I was able to do uh, the Overwatch World Cup and our group stages took place in four different places around the world I got to go to South Korea to Thailand Uh, we did one stage out of the Burbank studios and then we did Paris France and it was really cool to see that product come together um, you know which is separate I mean, it was while the Overwatch League. I mean, it started before the Overwatch League, but it continued through through the Overwatch League, and that's another sort of product that mm-hmm. was, um, you know, just ancillary tied to uh, to Overwatch, but built. Uh, but, but you also want to be getting fans to events, right? It's the whole thing of with musicians right now. Musicians aren't making money releasing content as much. They're making money on tours. They're making money by selling out arenas. Is that a big push for Blizzard and other companies to sell out arenas I'm with so, these events? I'm so happy you brought that up. So <laughs> what the uh, Overwatch League is going to move to next year are home and away games. So we recent, So this season... We had uh, we have three homestand weekends. So I said all the games are broadcast out of the Burbank studios in uh, in Burbank, um, except for three different times that we're going to go on the road this year. So one that we did was Dallas, and we had our uh, our games in the Allen Event Center, which is was I think capacity of about thirty five hundred or uh, yeah I think thirty five hundred. And the scene there was electric. It was Dallas. I mean, Dallas sports fans were building on that culture of Dallas sports fans for two straight days. It was sold out. I mean, couldn't hear your your friend from, you know, two feet away in in the Dallas arena because it was so loud in there. So Blizzard sees that type of uh, that type of reaction, that type of. I mean, you know, I mean, building on a traditional sports model like mm-hmm. going to an NBA game, that experience we want to bring that experience to, um, you know, to esports. And uh, so the other two homestand weekends that are happening are uh, Atlanta, which is coming up this stage, and then we're also doing an LA homestand. But we do have two Los Angeles teams, and we're going to be broadcasting out of, um, I think, the Novo Theater in uh, downtown LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but also our grand finals this year, our actual, you know, whatever two teams make it to the finals, are going to be at the uh, Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. And so last wow. year our finals were at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Wow. And That's where the Brooklyn Nets play. Uh, where the Brooklyn Nets play. Um, I, I was going to tell you guys a story earlier. So I had the opportunity. So I was the story producer in the truck last year, but our coordinating producer for the show, who basically, if you don't know what a coordinating producer does, a uh, coordinating producer is in the, he's the guy in the ear of the talent, but he's also working with the technical director and the director to, quote, call the show. Basically, you are 
you know, calling the action. You're, you know, in the in the the host ear saying, "All right, now you throw it over to the person down on the floor. All right, this person down on the floor, you throw it back to the host. Host, all right, introduce the game. Game on. You know, so you're quote mm-hmm. calling the show. Um, our coordinating producer last year had a baby right at the time that we were going to the Barclays Center, yes. or his wife was pregnant, and sure enough. You know, right before we were getting ready to leave, he's like, I got to stay. So I got to be the coordinating producer of the grand finals in Brooklyn, which was really, really cool. Um, but that capacity of that stadium, which I believe is 15,000, we were sold out for both days. 15,000 screaming fans in Brooklyn. Also, by the way, it was supposed, you know, it was in New York and there is a New York team. Uh, the two teams that ended up making it to the grand finals were Philadelphia and London, but it didn't matter. People came from all over, and they were wearing jerseys for their favorite teams, 12 different teams last year. I mean, you know, you had your Philadelphia fans that came from Philadelphia to New York, but it was an incredible scene just to have. What's the ticket prices for that? Um, I believe for the grand finals, it was maybe around $40, $45 for a general admission ticket, which is another thing, too, is that we're trying to make this a – family friendly like entertainment for the afternoon you know affordable like you can bring a family of four for you know for you know like i mean you certainly can't do that with an nfl game certainly can't do that with an nba game but with esports if this is what your child or whatever you know or or doesn't have to be a child if this is what your husband or wife or brother or sister is into it's an affordable event to go to so take us big picture because we look at games and there is a lifespan for games and so, obviously, everything with Blizzard now is all Overwatch, all Overwatch, all Overwatch. I mean, I look back 15 years ago when I was in high school, it was Halo. I don't even – is Halo still – I don't believe Halo. Is yeah, still, so everything yeah. has, a, has a lifespan. Do you think that they will be able to transfer this Overwatch league, the whole uh, tournament section, to easily be able to transfer that over to another game? It, it, at the moment, I don't feel like it's about transferring to a different game. Like, I think maybe in the future, sure. If you're, yeah, I'm you looking, know, I'm looking four years yeah, down the line or five yeah. years down the line. What's really cool about Overwatch, what we touched on before, is that Overwatch is a living, or I mean, or in a lot of these esports, but mm-hmm. at least from my view, Overwatch is a living, breathing game. And new heroes are introduced. New, you know, some some heroes are what are are patched where you know their damage level goes down they're nerfed as wow. we say or uh um so you know it's it is the the ability of the developers to see the pro level play see how the the you know the best people in the world are playing this game and then when they introduce a new hero when they you know patch the game they you know it, it changes. Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. wondering if this is right place, right time, right now is when we're going to decide the basketball, soccer, football. Yes. Or is it going to be like the Blizzard sports, the EA sports? I mean, you know, my fingers crossed. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping the esports is, is coming around. I mean, you know, I mean, no, esports is here e-sports for sure. Here. But how will it be structured? I think I think Blizzard has done a great job of 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 following the traditional sports model that we've seen work and applying it to esports and saying, you know, like, hey, you know, like even though the you know, these the viewerships of, you know, the NFL are, you know, up and down, up and yeah. down. Um like But people never got sick of football and they never really invented new sports. They did get sick of Halo, it's absolutely correct. Right. Um you know it's 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 tough 
to to predict and it's also tough to see if you know that would be something i just think it's the ability of these developers to to change the game so okay. it's not mm -hmm. so it's not just the you know the same game over and over again it is a living breathing game mm -hmm. it does change so you don't get bored of it i'm gonna go on record and say that the baseball soccer football are gonna be companies not games that's it, my prediction you mean overwatch will die fortnite will die it just it's a cycle but blizzard will live on and continue to produce great esports and great sure. esports content sure absolutely and i mean you know i mean obviously there's a lot of people down in Irvine, developing, uh, that's where our headquarters are, developing, uh, you know, new games and new titles and, 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 um, and also uh, recently announced to Call of Duty Esports is going to have a similar structure to, um, to the Overwatch League where- yeah, Is Call of Duty still cool? Call of Duty is actually still cool. Woo. I play the Call of Duty, and I'm cool. What so. number are they on right now? <laughs> um, I'm not exactly sure what number it is. I know they're uh, Black Ops 2 or 3 or something like that. <laughs> um, but that one is really fun. And also, you know, as you can tell, uh, that the way that that one is played is in the Battle Royale style, which is very hot right now. So, you know, and it's also the style of yeah, games, Yeah, maybe too. the shooting is the sport. The uh, First-person shooter. Yeah, I mean the yeah, first, but the shooter. from from my standpoint, those are the most fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Is is you know, I mean, from a first person shooter, like oh, I don't like to you guys. If you've never seen Overwatch before, if I showed you highlights right now, you'd be like, oh, I can see how that is fun to watch because you know, like there's a character named Widow, and Widow is a sniper, yeah. and like you know, if I sniped someone from across the map. You guys who you know may not have that video game knowledge would be you know would say like oh that's cool I would watch that dude mm -hmm. try and snipe that guy yeah. from across yeah, the team sport team sport yeah. but I would also watch someone play Tony Hawk and do cool tricks just like I'd watch a skateboarding <laughs> well, I, you know well I I still do that yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah are the companies you know like YouTube or Panda or Twitch or Disney XD are they constantly trying to work with I mean, you look at the, the relationship there. We talked about the relationship from the companies trying to maybe work to get their stuff on the platforms. Are the platforms trying to work with Blizzard Activision, trying to work with Red Storm to try to have their stuff on that platform and giving you guys stuff? Yeah, they um, – I mean, we work hand-in-hand -hand with Twitch, so basically um, there's what's called um, drops. When If you're watching a regular season Overwatch League game – on Twitch, you can link that to your Battle.net account, which is what you need to log into mm -hmm. Overwatch, and you get tokens every time mm -hmm. you watch. And um, the tokens enable you to buy skins that are Overwatch League themed. So we are working hand in hand with Twitch as a partner to, to have those drops, boost their viewership. Yep. Boost, boost our viewership. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a genius thing. It, it, they both benefit from working with each other. You know, instead of having that wall guard up of like, I'm not going to help you. I'm only going to benefit myself. No, you realize the benefit of working together on everything. Yeah, like like any good broadcast partner, they need content. We have content. <laughs> we want to show this content. You need to broadcast yeah. something. So it's great. People it's, should invent new sports IRL too. I, I think like the only recent one, I mean, UFC is kind of a new league, but BattleBots. You know, like people, we should. Why? Why are we limited to soccer, baseball, football? You know, 
I think, I mean, just in my fantasy, reality, not even soccer. <laughs> like, I mean, you have these guys on stage who are controlling digital characters, but I think in the future, there might be some sort of battle bot scenario where you have yeah. some, I mean, not just like on a remote control, but like, I don't know, like in, you know, controlling some sort of character that has some tangible, like, you know, robot yeah. style well, thing. That's, I think that well, would be cool. Even esports, <laughs> sports. Yeah. even esports is leveraging you know, OG professional athletes to try to grow esports. Correct. At the All NBA All Star Weekend, they had actual basketball players playing esports yeah. against other people. Yeah. Hey, you can play against your favorite star. It's a genius marketing campaign. NBA and NBA 2K is a big, yep. big uh, you know, and there are the franchises of um, of NBA games or uh, NBA teams rather. Uh, they all have 2K leagues. Mm -hmm. They all have 2K mm -hmm. teams, mm -hmm. which is really cool. And, yeah. they, and and I mean, I think that's the bigger, at least from the business model, um, I think that's the bigger picture is that you have traditional sports organizations and traditional sports investors who, who they see the future. At least the smart ones do. Mm -hmm. They are looking at it and they're like, listen, basketball has been a great uh, you know, great stream of revenue for us. That's awesome. But we need to make sure that mm -hmm. we are in the yeah. infancy of all of the, you know, all of the potential sources of revenue. And of course, like that's, that's right up their alley. I was going to say it also promotes them too. It's not of saying, Oh, if you're the, the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm going to, you know, not do this esports Lakers because the esports Lakers is fueling the regular Lakers. Absolutely. And the regular Lakers are fueling the esports Lakers. Yep. And it's all about cross promotion yeah. and it's just genius right now. It's all synergetic. All yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have the the, the uh, like the Golden State Warriors are are invested in esports. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much all of the NBA teams invested in esports, and yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I, it doesn't matter to me what the game is. There will always be people invested in competition, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what the competition is. And if you can organize that competition and and broadcast that as entertainment, then people are going to say, yeah. A, I will watch that, and other people will say, B, I will invest in you watching that. Yeah, it, it, you go, I mean, again, this is like we talked about at the beginning. Esports goes back decades before it was actually called esports because we didn't have the technology for it. Yep. But you always, whenever you went to a party or people were playing games, you always enjoyed watching people who were really good play the games. And I even looked up, you know, the first person who was ever esports, who was ever a person who was the first esport athlete, was a guy named Dennis Fong in the late 90s, who won a tournament based on people watching. It was a video game developer, held a tournament, and said, I have my Ferrari on the line, and the winner of this tournament gets a Ferrari. And a guy named Dennis Fong won. He was recognized in Guinness Booker World Records. And it's been around, but we now have the technology to do something about it. And people want content and there is this huge gap and that's where esports is coming in and saying this is for the regular person anybody can do this any kid who's growing up who you might not be the most actually athletic you can still go on make 50 60 70 thousand dollars or more playing video games online and the next thing is now that parents are actually like starting to support it because it's the people over 30 who are saying wow you can make a living with this. My kid can go on a college scholarship. The, there's 
dozens of colleges across the U.S. that are now forming leagues and forming teams. There's over 100 high schools across the U.S. That's who correct. are now doing these teams. Yeah. That's where it really is just going to start start taking off even more. I look at just, you know, my my nephew, and I look at that it's completely normal for him to watch Fortnite on, mm-hmm. on Twitch. Like that, and like, I mean, growing up, I don't know. We watched Nickelodeon. We watched cartoons and yeah. stuff, and so that was the content that yep. we enjoyed. But now he enjoy. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's ten years old, and he mm-hmm. wants to watch someone else mm-hmm. play video games. And it's like, well, if that is the norm for him, then the 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 ceiling for this is is yeah. limitless. And that's all. It's all I care about. And anything on this show, what's the ROI on content? We're not making art here. Who's making money? How are they making money? Are they making a lot of it? And are the people working on it making money? And which I is, think it's very sustainable. Which is why Disney, uh, in terms of Disney XD and ESPN, are being smart and saying, we see that this is a huge thing that people are watching online. Let Regular cable, traditional media is dying, but let's bring this on to actual ESPN. And that let's could keep them alive with these exclusive absolutely. rights, too. Yeah, absolutely. It could bring kids to TV. It could, absolutely. If need be. Absolutely. Very interesting. I'd, I'd be at those networks. I'd be scouring for new rights. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, you know, again, we're, we've only scratched the surface. And esports has only scratched the surface because this I thing believe is, so. again, the train has left the station. You better try to run real fast to catch up and hop on because. <laughs> How do I invest? <laughs> you can invest with me. Okay, cool. Give me 20 bucks. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it down. I'll put it down. One, one, one esports, please. Oh, we could bet on esports. <laughs> is there major there, esports betting? There is esports betting. Of course there is. There of is. There is. Of there is. Wow. From what I've seen, on you can invest online, uh, or I mean, or, or bet online. But you know what? I mean, sure enough, I I imagine we will see it in Vegas casinos. Oh, uh, I, I imagine you already. Think. I, if it's if, probably if, there. if it's probably if it's not say, happening already, it's probably already happening yeah. there. There's I an esports the, uh, arena in Vegas. There is an easy so, and that's the other thing too that I wanted to tell you guys about as far as this being an event, uh, re, you know, revenue generator. Um, so our our uh, Philadelphia team, uh, or, or we're having our grand finals in Philadelphia, uh, but Philadelphia, the Fusion, which is the team that's owned by Comcast, also just announced that in the sport, the downtown Philadelphia sports complex, where you have the Wells Fargo Center, which is where the Flyers play, um, the Eagles play at their uh, stadium a couple, a little down the road, um, and then kind of like in between, I think there's one other stadium. Um, there's uh, they're going to build from the ground up the first in the United States esports arena, um, at, at least building that was built for the sole purpose of yeah. of esports it's going to be called fusion arena it's a 20 million dollar um investment do the locker rooms look the same uh they're gonna have locker rooms yeah <laughs> it's a sweaty sport huh there's it's a sweaty sport <laughs> yeah esport i'm reading a thing here uh, online it said esports betting market set to explode to a total value of 13 billion dollars by 2020 i have no doubt hmm. wow 13 billion and again we're only scratching the surface yeah and uh, work for vc funded fund some of these things (laughs) hey you get you know a couple friends together get your 20 or 30 million dollars be able to get a new team in the league buy into the franchise that's that's, right i mean that it's amazing because you start especially when you start getting streaming rights (laughs) because that's really where in terms of nba has taken off in the last 
10 years because of streaming rights, because of where your broadcast rights are, and that's going to be exactly the same with the esports people. 20 to $30 million, that's nothing compared to what in five or 10 years, if you really start getting value of these streaming, oh man, could take off. Those could be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Quick question. It's not that quick, actually. What's up? What do these digital teams look like? Uh, the digital teams, um, I mean, we have, uh, I mean, you know, and again, you're combining a uh, traditional TV, you know, TV broadcast with uh, a company, with a corporation. So we have our social department mm -hmm. and we have, um, you know, our, con our feature content department, which is mm -hmm. myself and one other producer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, but I mean, but we have our, our crew that's there. But are they chopping your show up for social is my question. And is it being blasted everywhere, distributed to Correct. the influencers, the gamers, Correct. the vlogs, the blogs? Um, I know, uh, well, at least with our show, you know, we certainly broadcast it across all of our digital platforms. Mm -hmm. But um, but when we do have our, like, big tier events, like our grand finals and stuff, I know that there's a big push to get the influencers there, to get, mm -hmm. um, you know, people in the scene and... And, are uh, they making shareables for uh, to all the players promote everything? And are they obligated and things of that nature? Is that coming from you? Is that coming from the league owners? Well, so also I would say that not only do you have a digital team for the league itself, mm -hmm. which you know, which is obviously a lot of uh, you know a lot of work, but how big you, is it? Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's a relatively large social team mm -hmm. and then content team. And, you know, and we have a lar very big post-production department as well, um, which does, a, you know, a, all of the things that come through Blizzard Arena. Um, but you have 20 different teams. Mm -hmm. And the teams are responsible for creating their own content. And you have really good content coming out of 20 different teams, which is... Which is Digital teams. Digital teams. Um, so not only do you have the league that, you know, we, obviously we have our, our digital team, um, but you have 20 different digital teams cause there's 20 different teams in the league and they're also wow. producing content for, and I mean, I think that's the major goal of, of this. And I don't think we've borrowed this from traditional sports. I think, you know, traditional sports is only starting to sort of catch on. Um, but that um you know star building like creating stars and cre you know and and creating uh stories behind your your star players mm -hmm. you really want to see what they're like on stage and you want to see what they're like off stage and every I think sport is a helmet sport that 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 yes <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure i know the analogy but yeah oh so uh football hockey you can't see their faces oh, helmet sports i get it mm. <laughs> very interesting yeah true so yeah so um so yeah that's how, that's the lens that i look look at it through is that i want to be able to um tell the story of 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 what who these players are why they got into gaming why why gaming why yeah one final question that i had uh, yeah. in talking about the the league and being able to buy in for 20 or 30 million dollars and that gets you your team is that an is that a Blizzard team or is that an Overwatch team? That's that's specifically for the Overwatch League. So that it's a team, risky investment. I was gonna say that actually now I look at it, it's a little more risky investment of not still having that of this is a team that again, if you look at the future of five years or ten years down the line, 
are you, is your team specifically for Overwatch, or is that team can it be combined with Blizzard for the next game for the next game that's a big tournament? I I mean I think to me that's a testament to the viability of this league and hmm. and the fact that you do have these major investments saying this is this is for real this is going on yeah. forever you know and i mean like i i think that's very true is that there's obviously some risk involved in saying well what if people tune out and i but you know mm -hmm. they haven't you know they haven't tuned out from from football they haven't tuned out from baseball um you know, I think that this is is something that investors look at and they say this is a thing that will last. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we trust Blizzard to curate the game and and uh, make sure that it is a viable sport for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. I mean, you Blizzard and the EA and all of them are going to have to build out massive companies. You're going to have to build an entire NFL structure. You're going to have to build out an entire MDC Sports structure. Like. This is a huge growth. I mean, it could double, triple the size of these companies, and we're all worried about jobs are disappearing. They're definitely being recreated in mm -hmm. things we never would imagine ten years ago. I've definitely been hit up, uh, you know, more times than when I was working in traditional sports by people who are like, "I want to get into this world." And I mean, I, you know, I mean, you know, who knows if like that's the, just the hype or whatever. But certainly, people have have contacted me more than than ever working in reality mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like you know like hey man i want to work in reality i see you work in reality it's like oh yeah, yeah all right you know we've got, obviously <laughs> it's we've not gotten, as cool as it looks yeah it's not as cool as it looks <laughs> um but you i listen to those people talk for five hours and edit yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but then you get you know but i honestly since i've worked in this world i think i've had more like hey can i like you know let's let's talk about what you do and and you know i really want to get in this world and i think i mean as far as the you know jobs you know definitely if the revenue you know if the, if it's here to stay then certainly people are going to need to be around to make it and well <laughs> if you're careers. applying for a job in esports you should listen to this podcast i'll turn this into promo mm -hmm. this will get you in <laughs> yeah this, right. this is all the info right. you need to know this mm -hmm. is fire and yeah. what i also like to say about these things in a gold rush i like to be in the business of picks that's what it is people who make money the people who sell them picks and shovels that is correct we are mining that content <laughs> <laughs> eric Good i appreciate coin. you man thank, thank you, very you very much, much for happy to be in. here yeah guys, another episode fire best friends episode by the way this guy of hollywood 2.0 the vigo show eric thanks for coming in ben at the end michael thank you guys for joining us we'll see you next time peace hollywood 2.0 the vigo show, the vigo show.